The Tower by Ben Forstenzer. If it's real, then why don't you tell somebody about it, he said. It was Sunday afternoon. The winter was just dying. It was dying there on the ground, right in front of me. The wet of a final cold winter rain was seeping into the softening earth. I had grown overwhelmed by the darkness and was counting the days until they set the clocks forward. He was being a real dick about the whole thing. I told you, aren't you someone? I was carrying their old trash out to the curb. I think you know that's not what I meant. He could be very smug. Smelling the air, I thought about death and other possibilities. Things that had been frozen or near frozen were rotting right there in the thawing wet. I filled my nose and lungs and went inside. You missed some of their old junk. I had. They'd left a lot of trash when they moved out. They'd also left me stiffed for a couple of months' rent. Fantastic. It is real, I finally said, grabbing a glass of water and squeezing some lemon into it for a little zing. Oh yeah? How do you know? I've seen it many times. Every time I look for it, I see it. I pointed in the general direction of where I saw it, Walking to the window, I pointed out for him to see. It's right there. He looked where I pointed. But the sun was still up, and actually, I couldn't see it right then. I don't see anything, he said. Can you stay until sundown? If it's real, then why don't you tell someone? You never asked them. You never took the big guy aside and said, look there, do you see it? It's blinking right there through the trees. Don't you see the tower? You never did that. Can't you stay until sundown? I stared at the spot where I knew it would be as soon as the light finally quit. I put my finger on the window in the exact spot I knew it would pulse in the dark. Nah, I gotta get out of here. He grabbed a ginger cookie from the open carton on the counter and loudly crunched at it. You need to get your head straight, he said. He laughed. Then he left. Night slowly fell, and I stared out the window until the white light started pulsing, followed by the red one. Soon they both blinked on and off, a tower somewhere nearby through the woods. My house is in the woods. Some people say I live where the old city dump was. The crap I found around my house supports this idea. Old glass bottles, weird ancient cans, parts of antique fridges. Yes, this could have been a dump. But through the small wood on the tower side is a major road and a tightly packed neighborhood. I've walked and driven all over that area. For my job, I've knocked doors talking to people in those houses near my house. To burn off steam, I've taken long walks through that same area. In ten years of living here, not once, not ever, have I seen a tower on that side of my house. Not during the day, at least. The way to find out is simple, he said the following day. One night, walk straight toward it. Wait till the sun goes down and walk out into the dark. Simple. 
he was being difficult as usual, and the sun was up and I was hauling the last of their crap out to the cans. That doesn't sound right. It seems dangerous to walk out there at night. What, is your tower surrounded by armed guards? It pops up out of the ground when the sun goes down, then at sunset, what, it retracts? And it's guarded through the night? I don't have some weird theory. I don't know anything about the tower. All I know is that when the leaves are down and the sun goes away, I can see it. They had left a series of cat hair covered seat covers. It was clear that they'd never raised a vacuum to those little bastards. Gone. Trash. And what about work, he said. My job? You still get antsy, he said. Things are in flux. He clenched his eyes into a scrunched question. Flux, I say. He laughed and kicked one of the empty kitty litter cartons from its hiding place under the counter. It bounced across the room, the lid popped off, and the last of the dust and green-gray grit fell on the carpet. Oh, shit, he said. Classic. The vacuum, he asked. I pointed to the corner of the room and shook my head. Please clean that up. Gina is coming over tonight. Ooh, Gina. You should tell her about it then. Maybe I will. Gina wasn't a serious girlfriend or anything. She was nice enough, fun in bed and not looking for anything too serious. Well, she was open to something more serious, but I wasn't. She was steady, and that was good. School was totally crazy, she said, while I made spaghetti sauce. I bet, I said, adding an enormous amount of garlic and feeling bored already. Miss Jean had to throw Desmond out of the class. It's not what I would have done, but she did it. I mean, I guess she had to. He spit on Rebecca, but she was being pretty annoying. Basil, dried and fresh, went in next, then the pasta. Gina kept talking. I grabbed a piece of bread and handed it to her. She stopped talking and ate it. Thanks, she said. I looked out the window. The sun had just gone down. The tower was there, flashing, blinking in the near distance. My chest tightened and I tried to take a good breath. I failed. Are you okay? she asked with her crooked smile and slightly weak chin. My eyes fixed on the flashing lights. I nodded. Sure. Yes. I looked back at her. She stared at me, head slightly tilted to one side. My heart kicked and sputtered and my breathing grew weaker. Are you sure? In my head, I heard the sentence. It was an easy one to say. In my head, I heard, Can you come over here and look out the window? Can you see the tower flashing through the woods? The feeling of those words in my mouth made me have to swallow hard. When I pictured plowing through and saying every word in that sentence by the end of it, I knew I would have collapsed onto the floor of the kitchen and that Gina would have left confused. I would not get laid, and I may never see her again. Yes, I said, scratching my beard right at the corner of my jaw. I tore my eyes from the flashing red and white lights. Okay, she said. I finished the spaghetti. We ate it. We rolled around, and she left. 
Okay, so what is it broadcasting, he said. What? I was scrubbing the bathroom they had used for two years. I scrubbed through what was arguably two years of grime. If it's a tower, then it's broadcasting something or receiving something. It must have some utility. He was not helping me. Not actually, as in he wasn't cleaning the tub or sweeping while I scrubbed the vanity, and not conceptually insofar as he was being himself. Nobody feels bad for the roommate landlord guy who gets stiffed, you know? It's like, if I complain, I sound like the world's biggest asshole. I'm not touching that one. I shook my head. Thanks for that. So what does the tower do? He repeated. I stopped scrubbing and wiped the green powdery bleach scum from my hands. I walked out to the living room and looked through the window toward where the tower would be. I could not see it. I considered his question. Worrisome, I said. His eyebrows raised. Worrisome? How so? It could be listening to us. It could be up to no good. That same feeling, the one from the kitchen with Gina, formed again. My chest was tight like my lungs had shrunk. An urge to swallow hard overtook me, but my mouth was dry. Who? Hey, who would be listening? I had scared him. He was not scared about what forces might own and control a retractable tower right in my neighborhood. He was scared about me. Or maybe it's broadcasting, I said. My breath returned, and I sat on the sofa by where the television used to be. What is it broadcasting, then? Well, sometimes, when my computer speakers are on, they receive a signal of some kind. Music, talk radio. It never seems to be the same thing, and sometimes it's just right, like exactly the thing I want to be hearing. Really good music, stuff that I love, or... The replay of coverage of historical events, big stuff, shuttle launches, inaugurations. Not all the time, but sometimes when I catch it, I just listen to it for a while. Maybe that comes from the tower. He pondered this. So either the tower is constantly, creepily listening to you and everyone else all through the night and what, recording it to, like, spy on us, or else it is perfectly picking up on your listening needs through some unknown process and then broadcasting the exact thing you want to hear right back to your speakers. I stood back up and went into their old bathroom. Don't be an asshole, I said. I don't know what it's doing. You asked. I just, I don't know. I'm guessing here. All right. Got it. He started quietly fidgeting with the nearly empty bookshelf. It was dusty and had some old wooden thing from an even earlier roommate, like a basket but made of wood. I forgot that I even owned the bookshelf. I thought they owned the lamp by the sofa, but they were gone and it was still there. It happens this way. Things get left, some of it forgotten, some of it gifted to me. He poked around the old rabbit ears and the loose DVDs. He came back to the door to the bathroom. You should walk out there at night. Wait till the sun goes down and just walk right out there. I kept scrubbing. That sounds scary. It sounds scary to me. He nodded. 
and left. Yes, in flux, I say. He was looking at the dust imprint left on the stand where the television was. What? Work is in flux. I was vacuuming their room, something they did maybe once a year. He could barely hear me. I thought that was your TV, he said over the drone of the motor. Yeah, I thought so too, but now I don't really remember. They took it. Maybe it was theirs. What? I nodded, then took the hose and tried to clean up a particularly furry and nasty corner of the room. It was not working. The carpet would have to go. I think I need to remove the carpets. What? He said. He ran his finger through the dust. He said something I couldn't hear. I cut off the machine. How come I can't see it during the day? I said, as I dropped into the recliner that was left in the upstairs living room by my first roommate almost seven years ago. I think it's an optics thing. Like, at night, it's lit. You don't see the tower, you see the lights on the tower. You fill in the form of a tower from those lights. Light travels pretty far, but during the day... The tower is lit by diffuse light from the sun. That doesn't travel anywhere near as far as the light from a bright, powerful bulb. I scratched my eye and pulled a dust bunny off my shirt. Are you sure about that? Think how far stars are, he said. I did. I thought about how far away the stars were. Words that I rarely considered came into my head like a hundred billion or six trillion. These were figures so large as to be meaningless. I nodded. But when I went out west, I could see mountains that were far away, farther than this thing seems to be, and I'm seeing those mountains in the same diffuse sunlight. Sure, he said, but they're huge. The tower is relatively tiny. It's just a latticework of metal. It's tall and thin. It's harder to see than a mountain. He was making sense. I was almost starting to believe him. But you know what? I still say the answer is obvious, he said. I shook my head. No, and you already know that I don't want to do that. He pointed in the general direction of the tower and said, You go out at sundown and walk toward the light until you get there. You just go out and walk to the tower. Enough, I said, standing up. Back to vacuuming. He shook his head and left. Gina was over. She was tired from school. It was my tenth day of work, counting weekends in a row. I was tired, too. We had sex and then went downstairs so I could make dinner. The tower was there, through the kitchen window. It was blinking red and white to make sure the planes didn't hit it. Can I ask you a question, I said. Sure. She turned to me and smiled. Why are you smiling? Is that your question, she said. No, it's another question. She took a sip of red wine. It's almost Valentine's Day, that's all. I shook my head. This is a question about optics. She filled her lungs, then blew the air through her puckered lips while turning her head slightly to the side and shrugging. I don't know anything about optics, she said. I pointed out the window. Don't come over here now. I felt my heart start to rattle. Don't come over here, but let me tell you, there is a tower out there. 
It's blinking, and it seems close by. Taking a seat at the counter, she finished her glass and filled it again. Okay. But during the day, I can't see it at all. When I drive around, I can't see it. Those big towers on the other side of the house, I can see them from 95 driving into the city. I can see them all over. But this tower, you can't see it during the day. At night, there it is. Okay, she nodded. So what the hell is that about? I turned to her with my hands, palms up. Why does it bother you? She said. What do you mean? Who cares? She said. It's a tower. Maybe it's farther away than you think. Maybe it's retractable. Maybe a whole bunch of explanations, but who cares? It makes no sense. There are no retractable towers. It's a mystery. It's a mystery right there, close by. I pointed at the tower. I pointed so hard, I tapped my finger on the window, blocking out just one flashing red light as I poked at the pane. There are all kinds of mysteries, right? There are mysteries in our chests, she said, pointing to her sternum. There are mysteries in our heads, she said, tapping her temple. Mysteries abound, right? I looked back at her and scratched my head. The rice cooker clicked over from cooked to warm. An itch, an uneasiness formed in my throat and I had to cough. It felt useless to cough and I tried to breathe deeply. That didn't work so I just bent my head down. Are you trying to scare me off? She said. I popped my head up and squinted at her. Scare you off? Is this the whole I'm too crazy for a relationship, that's why we can't be together bit? I cleared my throat twice and shook my head. I, we, I don't think we are, you know, fit for that kind of, for the long term thing, you know? It's not because I'm crazy. Really? Valentine's Day coming up and we see each other more and more and... Oh, shit. Fine. Forget it. Fair enough, I said, and took out some plates for dinner. We spring forward tonight, he said. I was cleaning out the pantry. They had left some random ancient foodstuffs. Are you sure it's tonight, I said, tossing a box of corn stuffing from three years ago? Yes, why would I say it if I weren't sure? You need me to show you on the internet? It's tonight. Deal with it. Fine, okay. I believe you. I tossed some kind of canned green bean that I would have donated to a food bank or something, except it had expired the previous year. Maybe this is the night for you to try it. Why would it be better tonight, I said. It wouldn't be, but you might as well get it over with. He was lingering by the door like he had an appointment. Gina came in. Who are you talking to, she said. We'd been rolling around upstairs. She'd put on her pajamas. Nobody, I said, tossing some whole wheat pasta. I really hate whole wheat pasta. Are you talking to yourself out loud? I shook my head, then nodded it slightly. I took a deep breath. Tonight's the night we set the clocks forward. She bit her lip and looked at me sideways. 
Man, you're one fucking oddball. Thanks, I said. She went back upstairs. I pulled the strange red chair from the living room. It kicked back at an odd angle like some hip chair from the 60s, but it was really from like a few years ago. Grabbing a blanket from the sofa, I wrapped up and sat where I could see the tower. To fit in the kitchen at that angle, I had to cram the chair between the fridge and the sink, but it was fine. I sat and watched the red and white lights flash. I was going to watch until the sun rose. If the thing retracted, I'd see it go down. If it disappeared, I could watch it. Either way, I would take pictures. My camera was at my side. This was the night. I awoke on a bus. Strings of flashing red and white lights were hung above the seats. Gina was driving the bus. This bus, like a cruise ship, had a crew. My former roommates were the crew. They lazed about in their uniforms and acted angry whenever Gina would ask them to sweep or check a pressure gauge or wash the back window. We were going really fast. I walked up to the front and saw that Gina was sweating. Are you all right? Do you need me to drive for a little while? She laughed loudly. Where would you take us? Where the hell would we get if you were driving? Just tell me where we're heading. I can get us there just as well as you can, I said. My former roommates, the super couple of slack, got into a fight in the back of the bus. Gina eyeballed them through the huge rearview mirror. You idiots, shut up back there. You have work to do now. Get to it. It was dark outside, and the lights inside were flashing brighter and brighter. How can you see where you're going, I asked. I know where I'm going, so I don't need to see. Come on, man. And I can't believe you didn't take me out for Valentine's Day. Jesus, Gina, I said, her foot pushing heavier on the gas pedal. I told you we aren't going to be that kind of thing. My voice raised as she accelerated. I dropped into the first row of seats. It wasn't a bus anymore. It was a speedboat. I strapped myself in and watched as my former roommates, seemingly unaffected by the speed we were traveling or the chops, started raiding the fridge. They fought over prime chunks of lunch meat and leftovers. I woke with my face leaning against the refrigerator. Light was breaking across the sky, but I could still see the tower flashing in the near distance. It was an hour later than it really was. The map escaped me. I couldn't tell what time it felt like. My eyes were heavy and my neck was sore from sleeping against the massive, buzzing appliance. He was there. This is your chance, he said. Shh! Gina's sleeping upstairs. Don't worry. I won't wake her. He leaned against the stove and took a ginger snap. This is your chance. What do you mean it's my chance? Go see the tower. Walk right out there. Walk until you reach it. Standing, I found a glass and got some water from the sink. My mouth was dry and I was dehydrated. I drank the whole glass down. I'm going to wait and see when it disappears, I said. You're welcome to watch. He sat on the floor in front of the chair and we watched as the light slowly crept across the sky. We watched as the lights blinked on and off until it was safe to say the sun had risen. The tower was still there. So now what, I said. Now you go. It's light out. You can't think it's dangerous. Go to the tower. I put my shoes on. I put on my coat. 
I grabbed my pocket knife. He nodded when I turned to him as I walked out the door. I walked through the neighborhood. It was a regular walk, first along the street leading from my street to the main drag, then I got a bead on the tower and turned downhill toward the big intersection. The tower was obscured a few times behind houses or trees. I just walked in the direction where I had last seen it, and it popped up again. There wasn't much traffic. It was chilly, but not freezing. My nose started running. Eventually, I climbed a street lined with houses. This was in the neighborhood across the street from my strange neighborhood in the woods. It was a dead-end street, and the tower appeared to be beyond the sign and the crash barriers at the end of the blacktop. I climbed over the barrier and through a small stand of trees. I turned around and could see the woods where my house was. Through the bare winter's end trees, I could barely make out the lights of my house. Squinting, I could see my kitchen window. It glowed there against the slowly lightening sky. I turned back and the tower rose before me. Red painted metal and metal painted metal formed a latticework straight up for at least 100 feet. A thick black cable ran up the middle of the tower. It ran from a shack at the base of the tower and ended somewhere all the way up at the top. The shack was painted sky blue. Its windows glowed in the morning light. There was no fence. From 50 yards back, it all looked perfectly maintained. Here it is, I said out loud. I shook my head and looked up to the top of the tower. Here's the tower. I couldn't understand why I found it so strange. It was just a tower. Someone was approaching from the shack. My reflexes kicked up. I looked to my left and my right for a police car or security guard. The person approaching seemed like neither. I decided not to run. It was not a person approaching. As the figure came closer, I became slightly nauseous as my brain tried to deal with what I was looking at. It was about six feet tall. It was, like the tower, made of a latticework of red painted metal and metal painted metal. That latticework formed what could only be described as a small tower. As it came closer, I could see that the small tower had organic-seeming arms and legs. It had visible blood vessels and musculature forming those arms and legs. Inside the tower, a mix of wires, blood vessels, and what seemed like enormous dendrites all came together. When it was within five feet of me, I could see all of the connections and sinews pulsing inside the metal framework. Everything came from or went back to a small black box that was around where a face would go on a person. The box had a glass bar that glowed and a speaker box with a red light that flashed on and off in the exact rhythm of the still pulsing lights on the tall tower behind it. Hello there, said the speaker box. I nodded. Okay, I said. 
Yes, it said in a human, androgynous voice. It is okay. Who the hell are you? I said. I work with the tower. It opened its hands in a welcoming gesture. I looked closely. Pulsing muscles and vessels throbbed and the dendrite-type structure grew and changed. They connected to each other, then separated and formed new connections. But the small tower stood still. So you are in charge of the tower, I said. I wouldn't say that, no. We manage the tower. Okay, I said. We get directions from, well, from somewhere else. Call it off-site. It crossed its arms. They seem to be very strong. Fair enough. I swallowed hard. What do you broadcast? We also receive. It seemed to nod slightly, but it had no parts to nod. All right, what do you receive then? I asked. We do also broadcast. I sensed that it smiled, though it also had no mechanics to do that. Dendrite connections changed shape and implied intention, inflection. Right, so what do you broadcast? Of course, we also do receive. I snorted a little laugh. It too vocalized a laugh. So you can't tell me, I said. What would the point be exactly? What will it change? I looked it right in the flashing black box. Again, the dendrites seemed to smile at me, perhaps with a hint of sadness. I looked from this mini tower back to the tall tower beyond. I looked all the way up to the top where the sky grew lighter and lighter. Air filled my lungs to capacity and I let out the longest breath I ever remember breathing. I closed my eyes and felt the cold air around my face. Opening my eyes again, I saw the small tower had stayed completely still. Okay, isn't it supposed to be down? I said. Oh yes, it's daylight. The small tower turned and snapped with its organic fingers. Another small tower came out from the sky blue shack. Bring it down, please, said the mini tower near me. The other small tower seemed to nod. It went back inside the shack. A humming began. The tower slowly retracted into the ground with a gentle whooshing sound. Once the tall tower was gone, the small tower turned back to me. Is it down there now? I said, pointing to the earth. Well, it seemed to look around, trying to find the words. Its hands turned slightly left then right. I wouldn't say that. This must have come up before. People have walked up here before, right? I'm not the only one. What did you tell them? 
we rotate out. Many of us do. On my watch, we've seen some animals. Deer, dogs, a few foxes, no people. People have been here, that is true, but I don't know what they told them. Nobody gave me instructions. Is the tower underground now? Yes or no? No. Fine. I looked around the grounds. It looked like a place with a tower. It just happened to be staffed by other smaller towers. What would happen if I tried to go in the building? The small tower shrugged its shoulders or its dendrites shifted up then down. There's nothing to see. What if I wanted to see? I guess you could see. I have no instructions on this. I nodded my head. Nobody else notices this thing that you can see at night and goes away during the day, this huge flashing thing just sitting here. Dendrites pulsed in place, then moved again. It was thinking. People are busy, the tower finally said. Can I come back? What's stopping you, it said. Can I bring other people? It is a free universe, said the tower. Thank you. I said. Take care walking back. Thanks for reminding us to retract. Again, the dendrites moved and a smile seemed to form. I smiled back, then turned away from the small tower, the little building, and the space that had just held the big tower. It grew brighter as I crossed through the little stand of trees and over the barrier. Along the row houses, neat and clean, I walked. Something bounced inside me. I could smell that same fresh rot smell, and I breathed it in. What now, he said. Oh, come on, I said. Down to the intersection I walked, traffic picked up. I ambled up the hill and back to my street, where I turned the corner to go back into the woods. No, really, he said. What's next? I shook my head. Man, you so know what's next. A huge yawn grew in my chest and came out my throat as I mounted the front porch. I called into the office manager's line and left a message saying I wasn't feeling well. That was false. I went upstairs and climbed into bed with Gina. Propping up on my elbows, I looked out the window to the spot where the tower would be later when the sun went down. I nodded my head. Gina stirred and rolled next to me. I let myself down, closed my eyes, and fell asleep. The Tower by Ben Forstenzer <laughs>